Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Startup Today. Today's guest is rather extraordinary, and I am certain her story will inspire you, just like it has already inspired many thousands. Maria Cosgrove is an entrepreneur, business coach, and trainer with a proven track record of turning failing companies into profit centers. She is the owner of Balance Pack, an inventive company providing state-of-the-art medical technologies. Eight years later, Marie continued to lead this company and has taken it internationally. With over 15 years of experience in the medical industry, she closely works with top neurologists and medical researchers on the brain's ability to rebuild neural pathways, which until recently was thought impossible. In addition, she is the founder of The Virtue Project, a nonprofit specializing in assisting single moms and troubled teens to learn personal, professional, and entrepreneurial skills for success. Marie, it is a true honor to have you in our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here, and I'm really excited for what you're doing for young folks, and it's great to see that you're out there encouraging and providing value to those who are seeking entrepreneurship opportunities. Thank you. It is obviously thanks to guests like you that young teenagers and young adults like myself can have the opportunities to learn and gain some edge in the world of entrepreneurship. As I noted earlier in the description, you are quite a business personality in the US and beyond. I want to know more about how your entrepreneurship journey started. And this is something that I try and encourage from all guests to share. And of course, I do not want to offer any limitations. So I want to leave this open to you. I just want your version of how that light bulb appeared to you and how you went on from the idea stage to implementing all those ideas. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, I want to thank your mom for connecting us. She is amazing. And she's she such is. an inspiration. I She's awesome. I love her. She's just so amazing. So Mirella Sula, I'm sure your followers know about her, but they need to follow her. A global woman. Yeah, definitely. So she's pretty amazing. My entrepreneurship journey was actually, it, it was actually a necessity. <laughs> so it was like mm. necessary in how I started. And it was a lot of it was accidental. I was a single mom with four kids and I left a domestic violence situation and uh, dad lost parental rights because of the abuse. And so I really had nowhere or no one to turn to when I started mm -hmm. with entrepreneurship. I had come home early from a corporate job and I had seen that um, the kids were abused in, in such a, a horrific way that I just left. We just left with, with what we had and I don't have a, a father. My birth certificate's actually blank. It says, uh, dad, I am a product of rape. I uh, was born to a mentally disabled single wow. mom. So I truly had no one to turn to. I went to go live with an aunt and uncle and I was living on their living room floor with four kids, one of them, uh, a baby. So all, they're, they're all close in age. And the only type of job that I can think of to get into was sales, because I thought if I get into sales, I can create my own income. I, no one's going to give me a job with all of the things that I had to take care of with my children, because I had to take them to doctor's appointments. And my son had an autoimmune condition that required physical therapy several times a week, 
plus specialized doctor's appointments for his condition and counseling for what they had gone through. Uh, my daughter was suffering from PTSD because of the abuse she had experienced. So um, everybody kept uh, closing the door on me because they said I didn't have sales experience, even though I had run a $600 million marketing budget for a Fortune 500 company. And they said, yeah, marketing, it's not the same as sales. And they just could not understand how I could help them in sales. So I finally uh, convinced someone to give me the opportunity in medical devices if I could pass all of their exams. And if I passed, they would uh, give me an opportunity straight commission. Mm -hmm. And they did. And I became the number one salesperson in that organization. And then they lost their contract with the company that, with the products that they were selling. So mm -hmm. then I had to go start over again. And I found another organization, a manufacturer to sell for. And I had to go through the same struggles where they didn't want to give me an opportunity at that time. This was like over 20 years ago. It was very rare to have females in high-end medical device uh, equipment that right. ranges from thirty to $150,000. And they said, you really can't do this. You're, what we do to, to sell a doctor is we take them out hunting. We take them fishing. We take them to strip bars sometimes. And mm. are you able to do those things? And I said, no, but if I can close uh, board directors on how to spend their $600 million on marketing, I can close a $30,000, $150,000 piece of equipment. Well, suddenly. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't get it. They just kind of whatever, but I didn't have to do all of those things. And what they saw in me as being un unassuming, and back in those days, I really looked a lot younger, mom of five now, and a grandmother. <laughs> and back in those days, they thought I had, I looked like I had just gotten out of high school. And they said, these doctors are not going to respect her. But that's actually what helped me to become successful because the doctors didn't see me coming. They just let mm -hmm. me in and they're like, yeah, what can she do? So they, you know, all the walls that they, you put up for a salesperson, because you don't want to be sold to, they dropped all those walls. And so before they knew it, they're signing contracts and I'm closing these big deals. And these guys are like, wow, she's not taking them out to expensive dinners and she's closing them all. How is she doing it? And so basically what they saw as a disadvantage was actually an advantage for me. And a lot of times we do that to ourselves. People make assumptions about you and, you know, maybe you can't do this or you can't do this because somebody else, this is what they look like. Mm -hmm. And you don't look like that. So you can't do that. And that's not necessarily true. And we can take those disadvantages and turn them into advantages in a different way. The path to success isn't always the exact same for all of us. It may look different for each of us. I have a friend who was looking for a, for a, for a position and she was comparing herself to her colleagues and mm -hmm. I told her, don't do that. What are your advantages and what are your strengths and present that and they will present their strengths. They don't have to be the same. And, and she got the position she was looking for. And so just learning to appreciate the gifts you were given is really well, important. I'm honestly speechless to have just heard the whole adversity that was with you from, from the beginning of your life. And it must have been quite some journey, quite a few obstacles down the road as well, kind of following you. I want to know a bit more from your own experience. 
how do you evaluate the impact adversity can have on someone's drive and strive for success? Is there any trick well, to embracing uh, difficulties and obstacles, especially when it comes to your own advantages? Like, how can we use them to our own uh, benefits? So one of the things that happened to me is like after that second company, I did really, really well. And because I did so well um, in sales, they fired me. And that hurts. And so I'm going to draw, I'm going to answer your question through that experience. Please. Because a lot of times when we have challenges and struggles, we just want to break down and just like give up and throw in the towel and like, okay, there's no hope. Mm. And one of the things that I drew on was my grandfather, some, some of the things that he taught me. One of the things was forgiveness. It's, it's simple. He's like, vengeance belongs to God, doesn't belong to you. Mm. And a lot of people were telling me you need to sue because you're a female, they, you know, it's sexist and, you know, racist and, you know, all of these things. And I'm like, no. And of course it hurt that I knew that I had survived not having a home, leaving my home, my car, leaving everything because of the abuse that my kids had gone through and had survived that. And I knew that I could survive. I didn't know how, and I didn't need to know how, but I just, for me, my faith, I left it in God's hands and I knew that I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, of course I was sad. I did cry. (laughs) In fact, one of my clients, one of my biggest clients, I went to his office and I was crying in his office and he's like, this is the best day of your life. Why don't you start your own business? And so surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, Mm -hmm. that believe in you and that give you the advice that you need to hear. It may not be what you want to hear but you need to hear it. And that's what I did. And so I drew on that instead of crying and throwing a pity party for myself, I had to get myself back up. I had to take care of my kids. I had to find a way. And then I started my own business from that experience. Mm -hmm. And um, after a couple of years, they saw my success and the company that fired me asked, are you interested in investing in our company? And when I looked at the numbers, I saw that I was responsible for a lot of the sales when they were hugely successful. So I decided to buy the company instead of investing. And so that's how I became the owner of the company that fired me. But it was drawing on those lessons from my childhood. And I didn't always used to think that way. I used to always think on the negative. In fact, when I was a teenager, I thought, you know, I don't belong here. I'm a bastard child. I'm worthless. I'm a mistake. I drew on all the negativity. I don't have a dad and, you know, all of these things. And then when I grew older, I realized there's a lot of positivity, you know, Mm. out of adversity. Sometimes the most beautiful experiences in life and miracles come out of adversity. And so I've learned to draw on that. And I'm trying to do that now. Like I told you, like, you know, you, we had this scheduled and then I find out that, one of our parts has been discontinued mm. and I have an opportunity to order it for the very last time at five times the cost and the delivery won't be till 2023. And it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. So one of the things that came out of the meeting we had is, well, let's redesign. And we're looking at opportunities of a better product that's going to be amazing. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard because we have to pull in more resources and it's going to take mm. time because we have to go through a clearance For but sure. i know that something positive is going to come out of that 
versus, you know, just throwing in the towel and say, okay, well, I give up, you know? <laughs> so, mm. um, and in life, we always have challenges. I mean, I don't care how positive you are or how positive you think there's situations we can't control. Like right now, you know, maybe there's um, people wondering, you know, I don't have funding or you know, I, I want to be a business owner, but I don't have any business ideas or I don't have the skill set. Um, you know, I have a friend who's starting a business and she says, I don't like sales. I like to do this. And I said, well, why don't you hire a sales team? And she has the resources, but she hadn't mm -hmm. really like thought of it. It's, it's, it's so simple, but sometimes we don't think those things. And so look at the opportunities and write a list, you know, what am I lacking? What do I need to do to get there? And you'll come up with that if you, if you take the time to think things through instead of just overwhelming yourself. Most certainly. And I, I really like the example you just gave. And it's fresh as well. It's something that just has just occurred to you. And immediately you have just decided to pivot it into your own advantage instead of thinking of all the weaknesses this might bring to your company. Let's say all the problems, it's just raised up. And it's incredible to actually show how uh, business people nowadays are not people that don't have problems. It's quite the opposite. It's those people who can actually endure and be exposed to as many problems and still come up with the solutions needed in time without moaning about them. And honestly, you gave a great example of how a great entrepreneur just looks for the next solution instead of for the next problem. Incredible. Mm -hmm. So on that note, I'd like to know a bit more about balance pack. Uh, well, being a biomedical sciences student, uh, it, it is very intriguing. And I want to know a bit more of the products or services that he offers and how it adds value to the healthcare market. Sure. It's a very niche market um, where FDA declared it's a 510K class two device. So it requires a prescription by a doctor. And mm -hmm. in the US, it can only be run by a neurologist. You either have to go to a hospital, um, our military uses it, a US military uh, universities like Vanderbilt, Mayo Clinic, and um, big um, well-known universities right. use it as well as um, clinics. And um, we are international. And what it does is when a person has dizziness or a balance disorder or a central nervous system problem, whether it be concussion, traumatic brain injury, or, you know, migraine headaches or, or a tumor in the brain. Everything is connected. Um, so our system, our system helps diagnose what the problem is and what the cause is and where it's stemming from. So that everything is connected. You've got your uh, central nervous system, your vestibular system that's controlled by the inner ear mm -hmm. and, and your eyes. Since all of it is connected, we can get so much information just from eye movement. And depending on the torsional movement of your eye, we can determine if you've got a problem with your vestibular system. In your vestibular system, I'm going to break it down to layman's terms. You have, have you heard the saying, you've got rocks in your head? I don't know if that's mm, a, so it's the same in the U.S. Head. Yeah, it, it, yeah does, so we've it does got, ring a bell. So in the U.S., the older generation will say, you got rocks in your head. Well, we mm -hmm. really do, but they're little miniature. They're called canaliths in the inner ear. And if one becomes dislocated, you lose your sense of balance. And you can just not know what's going on. The room is spinning, your stomach, you feel nauseous. And 
it's amazing just that one little thing, how um, it can cause such big problems. But if we identify which side, which ear canal, we can reposition those and and put them back in place where they belong mm. and you get your balance back. And also if you have a concussion or traumatic brain injury, we can identify that through the torsional movement of the eye. And I don't have it like right with me. I should have brought one, but we have a, <laughs> a specialized uh, goggles that we have a patent on them. Mm-hmm. Our system was developed by uh, Dr. Richard Gans. He's one of the top mm-hmm. researchers in the U.S. He just got an award by the American Academy of Audiology. Dr. Richard Roberts at Vanderbilt, Dr. Frank Scarpino, he invented technologies for the Predator at 15 for the, for the Air Force on tracking from high distances. Mm-hmm. So we use that technology in our system. A bunch of other clinicians and engineers were involved in it, but we have a patent on our technology. And so um, since everything's connected, we have this, they look like VR glasses, but smaller, more compact. They're very lightweight. The patient is looking at a stimulus on the screen and we are able to provide a report that tells the doctor, this is what's going on. And we have the most amazing advanced AI. We use artificial intelligence and it reduces human error. So in the past, doctors would use like these electrodes to track the eyes that a patient had muscle weakness or they Mm -hmm. had Botox, for example, that you're not able to track the eyes, you're not going to get good results. In our system uses, um, it's called video nystomography, VNG, it uses that technology, but it's so much more advanced than older systems out there. That's why our system is so popular and some of our VA hospitals use it, our military uses it because it's so advanced. So that's what we do. It's very niche, it's very specialized, but it's great because my mom, the reason she had mental um, disabilities was because she was in a car accident and she suffered Mm. traumatic brain injury. And because of that, they gave her a lot of pharmacological treatment, which made things worse. They gave her electric shock treatment and she never recovered. And now we're seeing patients that have traumatic brain injury that are recovering with some of our therapy devices that we have for treatment, which is pretty amazing and phenomenal. And I guess that's what drives my passion to want to help others who have had central nervous system disorders to provide treatment for them. So that kind of came full circle for me. (laughs) But yeah, that's basically what Balance Back does. And we've been in business since 2004, got our first clearance in 2006, right? 2004, 2006. And I started working when they got their FDA clearance with a company, they let me go. So I was gone for two years and I came back and bought it in 2010. So it's been wow. about a little over a decade that I've been running it. Incredible. And just, it must've been quite quite a moment for you when you just ended up buying the very company who actually let you go in a very abrupt manner. And you must've felt really proud in a good way at that moment. I find it extraordinary, the the whole story. And I took the liberty of doing some research, actually. And I found out that you had another startup on a medical device company that specializes in arterial diagnostic solutions. Uh, And you took it from scratch to a $14 million company. That was in just two years. Tell us what is the trick to having such a successful liftoff, let's say, from scratch? Well... That's when I told you I was crying my, you know, one of my clients and he said, start your own business. So I started looking at 
what's missing and what would doctors like to see? So one of them was a device for autonomic disorders and arterial assessment. So that's the product that I worked on. And I didn't have venture capitalists, investors or anything like that. What I did was I started selling for other manufacturers and the commissions are so high. I mean, Mm. if you're in medical device sales, you're probably, if you're good, you're making a million or more. If you're not good, if you're not making a million, you're just not good. But I'll tell you only 1% of medical device salespeople make that kind of money. Mm. So what I would do is I just took all of that money and I used off the shelf components because it was cheaper than getting mold and drawing new schematics because that's very costly. That's what I did. And I did off the shelf um, products, got an engineer to do the software. I told him, this is how I want the reports to look. This is what we need because I had developed relationships with my clients. They did all of the clinical studies and the clinical trials and validation that was needed to get FDA clearance. That's what helped me become successful was because of those relationships. Um, when you're in high-end medical device sales, a lot of the salespeople think, I'll never see this doctor again. I'm going to sell him a piece of equipment. He's, you know, $100,000 or 50000 whatever. But, you know, that's it. That's the end of the relationship. Mm. Well, I always maintain that relationship, even though I knew that they weren't going to buy another piece of equipment because they were set for like five, whatever years, right? I maintained that communication. I built friendships with my customers. And because of that, um, when I said, hey, I'm interested in this product, do you want to come on board with me, do the clinical trials? Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, let's do it. So that's how I was able to build that company up. And I did invest a lot of my own money. I would, hey, I'll let you try this machine for free, see if it works for you. And you know, in the US, you can't do that if you're charging insurance with Medicare, Medicaid, which is government. So they would try it with cash paying clients who were interested in, hey, I want to try this out. Let's see how it works. And that's how we got the validations done. It was pretty cool, but it, what, I didn't do it on my own. Uh, I don't think anybody ever can do anything on their own. I'm not saying you can't, but things are so much easier when you work with teams and, and you have collaborative relationships with others. That's how I did it, is with the help of others and experts in that field. Amazing. Truly astonishing to be a serial entrepreneur by the looks of it and have a perfect track record. Recently, you have published a book. It must yes. have been a few months now, A Greater Fortune. Mm-hmm. Yes. What topics does this book cover and how would an enterprise-minded audience benefit from reading it? So I have it with me. It's called Essential Lessons from the Entrepreneur Who Bought the Company That Fired Her. And it's called, you know, Greater Fortune. It's a business book. It has lessons on, you know, how to overcome adversity. How do you move forward with working with toxic people, for example? Um, How can you build your existing business or create a new business? So it Mm. has ideas on how to create a new business, how to do a startup. Um, There's a lot of lessons. What's neat about the book is I share my experiences, but I also share lessons and guides. So like a lot of organizations are actually using this for their staff or business organizations as well. So it's really great because it's like I got the workbook built into it and it's available on Amazon, on Audible, on Kindle um, or anywhere books are sold. 
And yeah, so it just covers a lot. I do go into some of my past a little bit. And the reason I do, because sometimes in business, our personal past impacts our decisions in business. And so I share guides also, how do you overcome? Like, I know for myself, I'll just share with you my personal experience. A lot of times I felt inadequate or I felt I don't, I wasn't raised, I wasn't raised with a mother or father. I had a traumatic childhood. I had domestic violence and I didn't want anybody to know about my past. So I did everything I could to try to hide it and be successful in business. But I realized how important it was for me to address these issues so Mm -hmm. that it doesn't impact my work and it doesn't impact the self-esteem because a lot of times we carry these self-esteem issues into the workplace And believe it or not, subconsciously, they are impacting our decisions or how uh, we react or respond to other people in the workplace without realizing it. So that's why I do also bring some of my past into it, because there might be someone who may have gone through worse things than I've gone through and their struggle in the workplace, and they don't realize it, how it may be impacting them, but how they can push through and overcome those challenges as well. Please, I, I would definitely encourage my audience to see if they can get their hands onto this book. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be their best read in a while because uh, personally, I haven't started reading the book yet, but I know for sure that it's going to have gems of how turning struggles into success can really be a possibility and can actually be a reality for anyone who resonates with your story to some extent. And Please, thank you. Uh, I, Absolutely. I'd like to thank you for bringing this book to, to the world. Thank you uh, so much. This is another question, actually, that I tend to ask probably most of my guests. What major factor would you highlight as the one that boosted your entrepreneurial success? And I know it might not be easy to answer this question because there might be a, quite a few you know, features and quite a few elements out there that give you a lift and help your entrepreneurial journey. But I'm hoping that there is one sort of a game changer that has benefited you the most. For me, uh, I love the way you say from struggles to success. And it really was the struggle that launched me to that success. And that struggle mm. was my children. I'm like, I, they will never suffer again. They'll never be beat up again. I'll never rely on anybody, anybody else but myself. And I'm going to make sure I make it for them, for their sake, so that I can provide for them, you know, and, and provide stability for them that they needed. So that was for me, but for someone else, it may be something else. And so um, you can identify that for yourself. What is that for you? What is your why? And jot down a list of things that that you're good at, that things that you're successful in, and that will help you give get ideas on something, uh, some type of business that you would like to start. And there's no idea that's too dumb or or insignificant that can help you reach success. So that was what it was for me. That helped me. Yeah, it's definitely a point that a lot of listeners right now could take on and say, you know what? Yes, if I see it in this light, it doesn't make sense. Having more resilience and just seeing things in a more opportunistic, optimistic manner, it might actually end up being quite the opposite of uh, what they've been thinking all along. And it's amazing that we have a pure example of how that actually can be the case. So once again... I'd like to thank you for this great interview. And 
I'd like to thank you for all you do in the first place, because it truly, truly provides value to a greater scale than any entrepreneur could offer out there, in my opinion, because there's so many dimensions to what you do. And there's so many ways that people can gain insights and inspirations from uh, your work and from your story. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so much. I'd also like to add that Please. the the proceeds for this book, part of the proceeds are going to fight human trafficking. Mm. Um, lovemissions.net is an organization that I've partnered with to, I've seen their facilities. It's amazing. And they do so much to stop human trafficking. So part of the proceeds go for that because I am passionate about helping others and it's gotten great reviews. Publishers um, weekly give it great reviews. It's um, also endorsed by Nick Wojcik and Les Brown. Mm. And so they actually wrote something on the back of the book. Uh, Amazing. It, about it so yes so i so. highly recommend it thank you thank you so yes i i highly recommend it and you your your um purchase of the book is going to help to stop mm -hmm. human trafficking honestly i am beyond grateful to have had this time with you and i know that our listeners feel the same please 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 i would encourage everyone to follow marie on all the platforms check some source of inspiration from this interview check the website of Balance Back. I will make sure there will be links on all the platforms we promote this uh, interview on. And until the next episode, I wish you a great time. See you then. Thank you so much.